0: I hope you'll be blessed. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give you. Take it then, wherever you go. That's his name, how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven, precious name, how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven, take the name of Jesus ever as a shield from everything. If temptations round you gather, breathe that holy name in prayer. Precious name, have me. Hope of us and joy of heaven. Precious name, have me for oh, the enjoy and of heaven. Oh, the precious name of Jesus, how it thrills our souls with joy when his loving arms receive us and his songs our tongues employ. Oh, precious name how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven, precious name, how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven, at the name of Jesus' Falling prostrate at his feet King of kings in heaven will crown me When our journey is complete Precious name How sweet Hope of earth and joy of heaven Precious name Precious name how sweet, oh, and joy of heaven. Amen. Amen.
1: Praise the Lord. Take the name of Jesus with you. Praise God, Sister Charlene. Thank you for blessing us with that song. And this time, everyone, we're going to get ready to hear a word from Brother Patrick himself tonight. And we hear a word that he has brought to us from the Lord. Good evening and happy Sabbath, Brother Patrick.
2: Yes, praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Kathleen. Good evening, happy Sabbath to everyone listening. I'm just so grateful for another day again, another Sabbath. Seems like the time is going by so fast, but we just have to be grateful. And know that we are one day closer to the coming of our Lord and Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Just want to say thanks to Sister Charlene there. Yeah, the name of Jesus Christ. Anytime we hear that name, it's so powerful. Amen. Um tonight I I want to take a few questions tonight, but the first set of questions, I'm going to, before I get into the word, I'm going to take from Sister Landa. You know, Sister Landa, we had a powerful moment um, of prayer, and it was very powerful where, you know, the enemy wants to attack her as usual, but a woman of God, she's always fighting back, and the enemy have nothing over her in Jesus name so I just want to welcome sister Landa happy Sabbath if you could unmute your phone and I will take sister Landa before I take probably a couple more questions Sister Landa happy Sabbath
3: happy Sabbath little Patrick good evening everyone Um, my first question is how can I how can I be loose from spiritual warfare?
2: How can you be loose?
3: How can I gain victory? How can I won the victory <laughs> over, okay, you know, the you?
2: Well, easy. first of all, I think that we have to know the enemies. We have to know who the enemy is so we can fight him. Um, I know I'm getting some feedback. I don't know if it's my phone, but I'm getting some feedback. Okay. So we have to know the enemy first, who we're fighting. So, for example, if you're coming under attack, in order to be free, you have to know what's involved. Um, For example, uh, what type of spirit you're fighting with where they come from, who send them, what's involved. Is it a door that I opened myself? Is it a generational curses door that my family had opened? Is it somebody sending witchcraft at me? So it's very important to know what source you're dealing with. So in order to find out that source is true prior and you can tell this and the attacks and the dreams that you're getting where it's coming from if they are coming and they're claiming you if you're hearing voices if they're dominating you during your sleep when you're in your bed you have no peace so it's a long line of things so when you find out all these things then it's more better because you know how to fight the enemy now you know if it's generational curses how to pray you know, if it's a door you open, you have some things that they own in your possession, then you know, you gotta get rid of it and then you're gonna go to the next level. So, uh that question could take the whole night, my sister. So <laughs> I hope I answer part of it.
3: Yes, um, pretty much all you have said it makes sense also because I do um I'm I'm getting a lot of attacks lately, especially when I <laughs> when I come on, um, do the 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 interviews. The when I come and talk about these things, and I and I notice that the attacks become more severe, more intense. So even my husband was telling me earlier and said, "Well, if you keep going online, keep talking about these things, you're exposing them." Of course. They're gonna come attack you they they wanna shut you they wanna keep you keep you um keep your mouth closed they don't want you they, and actually they don't even want me to because i my um i notice that every time that I'm doing that that well that's my next question um why do why whenever i because i'm 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 researching um some of these things just to find out you know. You know, just 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 to know, just to have the knowledge, so that my breakthrough, my deliverance um, can be can be a you know successful. So I'm learning, you know, as I go through this. But oh my goodness, I get so much attack, like I can't sleep. It's like it's so my frontal lobe is like heavy. It's hot and fire. I can't think. I just I I feel like taking like a big bag of ice. Just you know just put it all, you know, on the, on the front of my head because it's just, it's 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 hot, you know. And then when I try to fall asleep, things are just coming at me, attacking me. It's like those annoying demons, annoying spirits. It's just like they would not leave me alone.
2: Okay. Why did that um, happen? Yeah. Okay, there's a couple questions you asked during that. You asked, when you do research, why are they attacking you? There are certain techniques, when yeah. you do research and spiritual warfare, we have to put the armor on. You can't just go on your computer like some people do and start to research and 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 research spiritual warfare and the type of demon that is attacking you and where they're from and who evoked them. You have to go in prayer first and ask the Lord to put the armor on, Ephesians 6 some verse 10. Put the armor on, and you can also ask the Lord to hide you behind the defense line, which is the blood of Jesus Christ. Because when he hides you and you are researching, the enemy cannot attack you. And I practice that, and I don't come under attack, even though I research some really serious spiritual warfare things. So the key is protect yourself first. Ask for protection and pray and ask the Lord to prevent any spirit from evoking when you call their name, when you're doing our research. So that's one. Secondly, if your head and your frontal lobe is coming and becoming hot, it meant that the enemy is trying to get you to tell you to stop. I'm in charge. So if you notice... I met her sister today, and when I met her, she asked me if I could pray for her. And I asked her what her situation is, and she told me that she's feeling a heavy feeling on her, a heavy presence on her. And when I did one prayer with her, she said she felt lighter, but she knew that there's a presence there. And I was able to, and then I prayed again. And when I prayed again, she felt a pain in her head. And what is happening is that the enemy is getting ready to manifest. So I had to tell her we have to do it another time because we were in the public. So the point is the enemy tries to scare us and we, because he don't want us to pray. So when you pray, it starts to manifest and it will bring fear upon God's people. And then we will stop because you're like, wow, I don't want this to happen. So you stop. And his care is to scare God's people not to pray so that they can remain inside of you and you don't get the victory. So the Lord wants us to press. Fear is not of the Lord. So no matter how they come in, you say, you know what? You're not going to stay in me in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anything else you're unclear okay. with? Yes,
3: yeah. my next question is: Is it a sin when I do these research? You know, is because I feel guilty because I've always heard people say, "My, you know, you don't go in, you don't go into the devil's um, ground." You know, without, you know, so is it a sin because I'm getting like a guilty? I'm, I'm. Asking God to forgive it because I even go into these things because what happened is they when you go into these um, doing these research it also gives you um, insight insight how to um, manipulate the system of witchcraft how to um, how to you know evoke them you know you know it's also teaching you you know and i'm here i'm you know i'm I'm looking through them i'm like oh well, lord you know i'm trying trying to avoid you know i'm trying to get what i need just to leave that site immediately because while i'm because i my problem is that the devil the devil wants me to serve him you know he mm-hmm. wants me to serve him you know a couple of weeks ago the devil said i need to stop t- talking about jesus too much jesus i don't want, he doesn't want to hear that so i'm like and, and i'm I'm communicating back to him, and I'm saying that more about Jesus. So it's like it's like an ongoing battle. He's talking to me, and I'm talking back. And now I mean I'm at a point where he's trying to alter my, you know, my um, even the word that is coming out, you know, coming out of my mouth, when, especially when, during worship time. And I know he's trying to alter because he wants he wants the glory for himself, and not to forget that the devil wanted me to serve him. He wanted me to be a medium. So, so he comes to me. You know, he asked me. He wanted me to join him. You know, and I said no, and I rejected. You know, reject his um um proposal. So, I know when I'm going there, these things gonna come back at me. Yeah, there's a way that you could manipulate this. You can do this. You can do that. And that's why I'm 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 in and out. And I'm like, oh Lord, please forgive me. I don't even want to bother that because I made a covenant with God. I have made a covenant
2: with God that I, I would not serve any other
3: God. So, Amen. So, you know. You see
2: the devil. Is that, the devil is, is cunning, sister. You see, first of all, he has to ask permission. And that shows you who have the power. If he had the power, he will override you and take you. But he has to ask permission. He has to ask God and he has to come to you and get your permission. He's saying to you, can you join us? will make you rich. Can you serve us? Why don't you work for us? They just want that, that yes from you, and then it will be done. But they can't just take you over. So that's one point to show you how powerful Jesus is. Secondly, we cannot fight the enemy unless we know about him. We have to know our enemies. And if you look at an evil human, In order for the U.S., if you go back and look at the the documentary about the World War, the last World War, listen, the U.S. and the Allied infiltrate the system completely, where they have their own men inside and giving them all the tips of what is happening. And they know the system, they work in the system. The point I'm trying to make is that. In order to defeat the enemy, we got to know how he operates. When we know how he operates, we have an advantage. Some of the people that is very powerful now is when they come out of the system, they understand the works of darkness and Satan fear them even more. So when we are going to fight the devil and we know how the witchcraft work, we know the type of incense they burn. So therefore, we pray against them and we can warn people, don't do that. That symbol you're having, people use it in the occult. So the devil don't want us to have this wisdom. So what he's going to do? He's going to put fear upon us. You see, when we put the armor on, they can't touch us. If we have open doors, he's going to put fear and say, don't research that. You can't know that. I want to tell you, most of the deliverance we have, the powerful deliverance, is when the devil, God, allow him to expose himself. Just this, we can praying for somebody. And when we get to a point, we command the demon to tell how he got in. And they expose themselves, and that's when the deliverance comes, because of the name of Jesus Christ. And um, when I look back on my young sister from UK, Busy, When she was delivered, I was listening to the deliverance, part of the deliverance just this week to see what really happened. And the demon was subjected. They have no power over the name. You know, they're they're losers. They can't stand the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So when you put on Jesus, put on the armor, we can research because we are researching. We are not doing the ritual. We are just researching to see how they work and what their name is. Because when you know this name of a spirit and you call their name and you use the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, trust me, all the power they have to leave when you call their name. That's why they don't want you to know their name. And, And some of the powerful demon that rules over Haiti they don't want you to know their names because some of the people who are in under slavery from demonic power is, is the name. They evoke those spirits. So when you call those names, they will have to flee. So there's a lot of wisdom behind it. But the devil is put in fear. And because you are not fully free, they're going to put fear on you and say, don't do that. Don't do that. If it wasn't effective, they wouldn't be scared. Mercy. All right, one more question from your sister. One more and then I'll take two questions on the floor, then we move on. Anything else you want to ask, Sister Landa. I don't know if you're there still, Sister Landa. We're not hearing you. Yeah, I can not hear you now. Is there any other question? We we'll take one more from you.
3: Yes. Um. So therefore, you. Okay. This may not be. A, I, I just wanted to make sure when you say that to put the whole armor. You know, the whole um, armor of God. Is it like just like you just pray? Because I do pray and I still go on. I I still pray. <laughs> you know, I don't go there. You 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 heard. You know, the last when 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 I talked to you, I said before I even say these names i ask the lord to cover me so i do pray then but why you know even though i still i pray and i still you know get these attacks
2: okay so remember you're not fully free so these are the doors
1: okay
2: remember all the attacks you come under they are still subjected. Mm-hmm. They can't do more than so much to you. They can't. They can't do more than <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Oh. All they oh. can do is come oh. in their dreams and create havoc and put fear in you. They can physically touch That's you me. and hurt you. You understand? So God has the dominion. And when you put the armor on, because I know we spoke a few days ago and I prayed with you. And it was really powerful a couple nights ago when I prayed for you. And when I command that spirit, you know, and we go, we're doing our research some more. I'm doing our research, and I'm going to disclose with everybody some of the names of the powerful spirit that they're using. And it's attached to the Kundalini spirit that is affecting a lot of people all over the world. And these are powerful things that God's people need to know. That's what we're going to fight. So, sister keep putting the armor on all you have to do is pray for example and say Lord I'm your child I'm here I'm claiming Ephesians 6 where you said we should put the whole armor on Lord I'm asking you to put the armor from the top of my head from my breastplate shield me completely with your armor so that the enemy will not pierce me I'm yours. And you just claim it. And when you claim that you're done, you believe in faith, you're protected in Jesus' name. <laughs> That's why he said the whole armor. Don't put on part of it. Tell the Lord, Lord, put the whole armor on me so there's nothing exposed. And I thank you. And when you study, the armor is Christ Jesus. You have Jesus all over you. The devil can't touch you. That's the whole thing. The armor is Jesus. Mercy. Thank you so much, Sister Londa. We're gonna talk some more and God is working on a powerful thing that's gonna see a lot of God's people delivered. We're working on it. We need your prayers. We need people to pray for us because this is a warfare. Mercy. We're gonna take two questions. Hey, Anybody hey. unmute your phone? Say your name where you're calling from so my, my sister. Go ahead. Yes.
1: Hi. This is Mr. Joseph from Wood Island, U.S. Um, they say that grace is everlasting. If, uh, if grace is everlasting, that means when we go to heaven, um, do we uh, are we going to still need grace? And then why?
2: Okay, I'm trying to get you clearly here. You're saying grace is everlasting? Yes. Yeah. So, so you're I saying said, if, that if means...
1: grace is everlasting, that's means are we going to need grace when we go to heaven? And and if it's yes, why?
2: Well, <laughs> well, the word says by grace are, are we saved by God's grace? And when we save and we make it there, we already have grace. You know what I mean? It's by grace we're there. So if God give us the gift. You know, so I don't think we're going to need grace every day when we get there. You know, so, you know, we say by grace and once we, you see, um, I did a sermon not too long about the gift that you can, we receive the gift of salvation, but we can lose it if we don't maintain it. And by grace are we saved. And when we accept the gift, you know, and God, Jesus presents us just before God, you know, justify, you know, it should have been me and you that died, but Christ died in our stead and we make it through that gate. We are saved, you know, and it's because of God's grace. But, you know, so, you know, (laughs) we need a lot of time to, Explore that some more. Thank you so much. Anybody else? One more question. Unmute your phone, Brother Patrick. Hello. Yes, my sister.
1: I'm just piggybacking on her, um, that that um, what you said about grace is everlasting. Is there a text that said that? Sorry, I didn't know about it.
2: Uh, grace that everlasting.
1: Is everlasting, that's what you said. Is there is there a scripture that says that grace is everlasting? Okay, or? well,
2: I don't know if that Chris in scripture that says grace, I just took it from how she asked the question because we are saved by grace, yeah,
1: for by grace are we saved through faith? But I don't know if I right. never come up with a text that says
2: everlasting because we are saved by it. Right. So once, so Jesus, that's prob- probably it, okay. just the way she. When we Understood. get to heaven, we
1: don't need it anymore because Jesus is there. That saved us already died for, on the cross for our sins. So By we...
2: grace, we are saved. And once we get through that gate, we are saved. Amen.
1: Yeah. Yes. Okay. I am right. right. with we'll take of you one, one more. Because I heard this in a sermon. I heard somebody say okay. that in a sermon that grace is everlasting. Because I, I know it's... it's I, 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 I asked the question because... I was confused because why would we need grace uh, when we go to heaven? Because if by we grace we, say, we are saved. Amen. So that's why I, I asked the question in, in case somebody, you know,
2: um, heard it yes.
1: just the way I did, you know, that's why I brought it up.
3: We know better us.
2: Amen, amen, amen. All right, I'll take one more question. mute your phone star star one more and then I'm gonna open a short word. Okay, so if there's no more question we're gonna go into the short words. I have
1: one more but I don't know if you have
2: time. Okay, go ahead Chris then
1: it's about the, the, the the it's in um uh Revelation, I don't remember the, uh, where. Maybe you will, when I ask the question, you will see it. You know how in Revelation they say that we will need, um, there would be a tree that would give um, fruit, I believe, um, mm-hmm. 12 times a year or every month. Um I yeah, have, yeah, I know it's
2: scripture. The I know the scripture. You know, you, talk, you know, yeah.
1: okay, because I don't want to say something that's not in the Bible. So it will be. It will serve for the 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 healing
2: of of the people. Why yes, would we need yes. that? You see, it's a different level. You see, you could attach and look back when the Lord talks about when we're gonna build our own homes and and people gonna. Have their garden and do certain things. And as I said, these are questions that we could elaborate on for the rest of the night, talking about, because I mean, we know that Christ is the healer. And once we get there, all our pain is going to be washed away. There'll be no more tears. You know, we are renewed and, you know, incorruptible. We are different. We are no more. In that flesh, like the earthly flesh, so it's a different level. I would, we would, I would probably come back to it next week and go into more detail where I find the scripture and read it and just explain it and break it down. (laughs) And it's going to take more reasoning now, but when you look on the point of view that when we get to heaven. Is no more pain, no more. So it's when the scripture talks about healing, the healing. You know, it's you know I gotta look and see what Sister White commentary says and look about it. But from my opinion and just looking at it, once we get to heaven, you know, we have no more need for grace as we mentioned before. We are changed. Uh, Christ is there, who is the Restorer, you know it's a, a new life, a new beginning for all of us. And if the word says that that tree is for the healing of the nation, or the fruit from that tree, it's another level. It's another level. It's not from the human perspective where we are sick and needs to be healed. It's a different realm, you know. So that's why we got to go in it next time so next week i will come back with it and just read the scripture because if we tarry on that we're gonna have a lot of time we have to take a lot of time okay so we'll come back with it next week where i will just read the scripture and we'll break it down in more details okay sister Joseph? Okay. yes
1: okay, thank you God.
2: all right We're going to go into the Word, and that's what it's about, where we come with our question. If it's not spiritual warfare, we don't fully understand something, and that's why when I do the sermons, and online you don't hear it, but if you're at the church, we get down and we ask, is there anything you didn't understand? Is there any question arrived from the sermon and the Word? Is there anything not clear? And we break it down and try to figure it out. And that's how the people, God's people in the upper room, they reason together and get to that one accord. Tonight, I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter 3. And I'm going to do from verse 1 to 6 and then verse 7 to close. And it's very short. And I just want you to know that the Lord. Give me this word tonight, and there's something about this word that God wants to show us tonight. Um, we heard all the testimonies about reaching and helping others. And to really help others and reach out, you have to have that love, that passion to help people. And that love comes from Christ. I mean, we can want to help all we want, but you may not have the desire to do it. You may walk by somebody, as the sister says, who on the street, there, who need to be rescued, and you don't feel it. You just walk like the others and pass by. But when you really know Jesus and you have this love within you, the Spirit of the Lord is going to move within you uh like that good Samaritan, and you're going to reach out, whatever it takes, because that's part of your DNA. That's part of you, where you want to reach and help. Let us pray. Father in heaven, great God, we are so grateful and thankful, oh God, for your righteousness, your power, and your glory. And Lord, we just pray this moment that you will walk with us now. You will journey with us oh god through this study that uh our eyes will pop open uh, with your words oh god and hide me now lord jesus christ beneath the cross and let christ alone be seen and be exalted let your name be seen and we just want to praise you oh god as glory for what you're gonna do And we thank you for blessing everyone that is listening from around the world. And we thank you now and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So hear what the scripture says now. and That is Mark chapter 3. And it says, and he entered again. And that's the favorite word I used in the sermon last Sabbath. You're going to hear it tomorrow again. And he entered again. So he was there, and the Lord is presence again. He said he entered again into the synagogue. And there was a man there with a which which had a withered hand. So um I wonder when I, I read it, I was asking the spirit of the Lord just to move. Somebody went to church with a maladies, the cancer, you're sick, and the Lord stopped by at the right time. You know, today we may not see Christ in person stop by, but I want to remind you that when you get to church tomorrow, church may be in your home watching lives. I want to let you know that Jesus is gonna stop by again. Hello, somebody. You gotta understand in the spiritual realm here that he was there in the flesh, in the physical, there. But Christ is giving us this lesson for us tonight to tell you that when you get to church tomorrow, when you get to worship with your maladies, with your cancer, with what you're going through, he's saying, I'm going to be there I'm going to be there with you so act as if I'm there know that I'm there ask me for what you want and I will be there I see your needs so the Lord went into the synagogue on the Sabbath he went to church and when he went to church he saw a man with a withered hand how do you describe a withered hand? It meant that it can't raise your hand. there seems like there's no bones in his hand. His hand was bound by his side and he can't lift it up. No power. There's nothing in it. No muscles, nothing. It's withered. It's dead. It's just there. And the Lord got there the right time. And look at verse 2, what it says. Look at verse 2, what it says. And it says, and they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. So somebody know something is going on? I want you to bear with me here tonight. They heard about Jesus, every one of them. All of us heard about Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus decided to stop in the church and the Sabbath, and he entered. And all the Pharisees and the big shots were sitting at the front bench. You know, I think they knew that Christ was coming to that church. And they positioned this man with the withered hand. He was up front. He was not at the back. You know, I want you to just imagine with me now. I'm just creating a scene and painting a picture to bring some understanding as the Spirit of the Lord leads me tonight. So the man is there, and all the Pharisees, the people, who are there, the big shot is seated on the front. They want to make sure that the service runs proper. They got to make sure that everything follows the bulletin and everything is on schedule and nothing go out of context, according to the tradition. Everything have to flow this way, and if it don't go this way, you're done. So they seated there with the bulletin, with a clipboard, watching. And they know Jesus was coming. And here it is, Jesus came. And when Jesus came, the withered man was there with the withered hand. And they are watching him now and say, let's see here if he's going to heal this man. Because if he heals this man, we're going to get him. Because this is the Sabbath. Remember, you're not supposed to do certain things on the Sabbath. You know, you can't cook, you can't eat, you can't do certain things. You know, let's see what we're going to get him now. I think we got him. You know, what was going on in that church when Jesus entered? What if Jesus to enter in your here home and this night? What if? What if you were to invite him in? And he comes in. And he comes in the form of an angel or something. An angel manifests in your place. The Holy Ghost power comes down in your house on the Sabbath. You know, the Sabbath is a really powerful time that angels visit a lot of homes during your worship, bringing in the Sabbath. Did you know that? Is anyone online ever witnessed that, an angel coming in to join you in worship? Where the worship, the song seems sweeter, it sounds louder, you heard extra voices singing. Come on, somebody. God is real. We're not talking any story here. Christ is real. And what I'm saying to you, it's a time when Christ, Can visit you because of worship. So they were in the synagogue, but in the midst of worship, you have negative people, people who look for a way to accuse and to put you down. God is painting a picture here, but as He was there, in verse two is very, 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 very powerful because as they. Look at him. They watch. The critics watch in jealousy, in envy, to see a way how to criticize the program, how to criticize. They know about Jesus. They know about him. They know that he's the healer. The thing that really amazes me about this is that the critics knows that Jesus have the power to heal. That's why it come into conclusion in verse two. They know that Jesus have the power to heal. As a matter of fact, I think some of the critics believe more than some of us because it's known there that they were watching to see if he was gonna heal. They know he have the power to heal and the potential to heal. And the Lord is saying, if the critics knows God and expect the moving of the power of God, what about us? What about the others who are not Pharisees who sit in the church? Do you expect power in the church? Do you expect the moving of the Holy Ghost power in your church, in your home? Do you expect God to move as you worship and fellowship with the great I am, who is the I am. Brethren, come on. This is deep here. The critics is there. And in verse 2 of John, of, of Mark chapter 3 again, it says, And they watched him, whether he would hear him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. They know the potential. They know their power. But there's something happening in the spiritual realm Then They were trying to set up Jesus. Perhaps they probably brought a man there then. What if they brought the man there and said, we know this is unwrote and Jesus may stop here. Let's bring this man. And again, you could say this man go to church every Sabbath and he have a maladies. He needs to be healed, but he's overlooked by the leaders of the church because they don't think there is enough power or we can do this because it's a sabbath i want to tell you in this ministry some of the most powerful healings we have seen is on the sabbath because do you know that on the sabbath day the devil operates at his weakest do you know that on the sabbath day the devil has to cease and just some of the powerful operation because the Sabbath is too powerful for them because come the Sabbath day the Lord bless it, he sanctifies he hallowed it, the devil is afraid they are trembling when the Lord walked in the sanctuary there, the devil fled and here it is God is saying to you this night What is your environment like? Are you setting up the Lord? But you see, when you take a look at these men, the accusers, the critics, did you know that they are looking away how to accuse Christ and they miss the whole spiritual application, the spiritual blessings? They miss it.
0: Even during...
2: And it will open up to the real hero. I'm telling you, it, it, it bypasses them, it shows you then that you can be in the church, and because of the, 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 the Jezebel stir that you have on us. We can be spiritually blind and don't even know it because they were seated at the front bench. This man may visit the sanctuary all the time. We don't know. And he needs healing, but because of the Sabbath, they were only trying to keep the day. They have no idea of who Christ really is. But yet, they heard of the miracles and they expect something to happen, and if it happened, they could nail him here. You see verse three says, And he said unto the man, which had the withered hand, stretch forth, stand forth, stand forth. The Lord is saying, Listen. I can call you to stretch forth your hand, to put your hands out. He called the man and said, stand up. And when he said stand up, could you imagine the critic said, yes, we get him now. We set the chalk and we got him. You see, what the enemy meant for bad, God can turn it to good. Imagine a man stood up, Mercy. Look at verse 4 what it says. And he said unto him, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day, or to do evil, to save life, or to kill? That's a message God was sending to the critics and he's sending to us that it's more than what meets the eye, it's more than just keeping a day is having this relationship with Jesus Christ. Because the Pharisees are there. They expect healing, but they can't accept the healer because the spiritual realm is blocked. You're seeing doubles. It's very deep, Virgin. I don't know if we're getting it tonight, but it's deep for me. To know that these men are right there, they expect healing, but they want to accuse the the, the Lord. And healing is miracle. So even they want to see the miracle to find a reason to condemn him. That's a demonic power working to them, and they can't even get it. If we don't go to church to receive healing. If we go to church for different motives, for different reasons, if we go to church because we want to criticize the program, that's what we're going to walk away with. Negativity. If you really know and us really know who Christ really is, it's going to get deep. Let's look at verse 5. It says, and when he had looked round about Andy and them with anger and being grief. So it's very seldom you see the Lord have anger and grief. Imagine the word says the Lord was angry, upset. You know why God up get upset? Because a lot of us are in the church and we are playing church. he sees the heart. You see, this passed over a lot of people's head. The church was packed with people, people following Jesus. But in that church, there was two sides of people. One who are Pharisees who just looked for a reason to condemn and to put people down. And there was one side who was genuine, there was a warfare going on in the midst of that church, a spiritual warfare that normal eyes cannot see. Is that warfare still goes on within your church, within your family tonight? Do you think it goes on? The question is, are you a Pharisee? Are you a child of a king? Are you a doubter and a person that looks for reason to? Put God's people down. Who are you, though? Who do you think you really are? Which side are you on? If you go on the Pharisee's side, did the Pharisee thought they were doing something wrong? Because this is the man of God. This is Jesus Christ himself. They heard about all the miracles. They you? That's why they expect him to do a miracle, to condemn him. It depends on what we carrying in the heart. If we are carrying certain animosity in our heart, it's going to affect our vision. We're talking about the spiritual vision because you see the physical vision is different from the spiritual vision. We can see something in the physical blue, but it's actually green in the spiritual. It will past us. Because if I was there and see such a miracle and in the presence of Jesus Christ, I would be born and say, "Lord, help me, I'm confessing." You see, this reminds us of what's going to happen in the last days. A lot of people, because of what they're carrying, is going to be a castaway. A lot of people in Noah's days. They saw Noah building the ark and they had good intention and said, man, I'm here just going. But when the real judgment comes and the probation, they had no control because they have already sold out. The enemy have access. He will change our vision. He will change the way we see things. He will blur our vision. And the Lord is saying, we got to get a hold of this. That this is a deep scripture. That God is describing two sets of people in the same church. And there's two different motives. People are dying in the church that needs to be healed. While people worry about the structure of the program. Who's on the program? Who's next? Are we following the right protocol? How are we keeping the Sabbath right? Is it right to do this on the Sabbath? We are questioning some things that's not even relevant. That's what the Lord is saying. is happening in this church. What about your church? Are you questioning something instead of looking at the Savior? We are questioning the action of what the Sabbath is and they miss the whole picture of who the true healer is. You think it's not happening today? You think it's not going to happen to you? This is a heavy duty warning that we are playing church, and time of playing church must be over now, because a lot of Pharisees go to church and we all dress the same, and nobody knows but Jesus who is the right Pharisees. We all look the same. You go to church. Jesus is not happy. It says in verse 5, he was angry, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. They couldn't get it because it's a heart problem. It's a spiritual problem hitting God's church. If we don't wake up and get it, the healer is going to come right in the church and we don't get it. Look, the healer was there. Look what happened as you continue in verse 5. It says, he said unto the man stretch forth thine hand. Imagine you have cancer and the Lord says, get up out the bed, your pain is gone. Imagine what the man was saying. When the Lord says, stretch forth your hand, the man probably saying, hey, I can't stretch out my hand. You've got to heal me first. My hands can't move. The man tried and during the trying, his hand, he tried and put a little... Effort to move his hand. And once he moved it, he started to be healed until his hand was able to be risen up. That's faith. That's when God calls you and said, I'm going to heal you from cancer. I'm going to heal you from the breast cancer. I'm going to heal you from that malady. As you join and say, yes, Lord. is not saying, Lord, it's too much now, you know. It's gone too far now. The doctor says, it's no good. I'm not going to make it. It's stage four going stage five. You think I'm going to make it? No. The doctor says no. Who do you put your trust really in? Imagine right here the healer comes and it says, and he stretched it out and his hand was restored whole as the other. Virgin, in conclusion here, we're going to get to the end. We've got to wrap this thing up now. Listen. The man stretched forth his hands. The crowd was looking. The Pharisees was there who tried to set Jesus up. And when the man hand was restored, they said, we've got it now. How could you miss America and not fall on your face and say, Lord, help me? Is this going to happen in the last days where we're seeing miracles and we're doubting that it's really happening? Is there some doubters who, even when they see it happen, they say it's not happening? This is not real. This is probably fake still. What is that saying? It's saying to us tonight, there's two sides. Which side you're going to find yourself on? a lot of people are not going to believe in this ministry. They're going to say, no, no. I hear all different stories. But if they stand around me and see the hundreds of calls of people want help and see the prayers of faith that cause demons to scream out and people being set free, if you stand beside me for one day and see what the Lord is doing, while a lot of Pharisees say, oh, no, no, no. A lot of people say, how can you talk about the devil? These are the same people, if they are possessed, they are so fearful that somebody call them to pray for somebody who's demon-possessed, they ain't going. This is what the scripture is talking about here. There's two sides. And if you notice, both sides were in church. It's not only the people of God was in church, the Pharisees were there too. But Satan is using them for a motive. There is something going on. The devil wants to use them, and they don't even know it. Because how can you see a miracle like this and don't surrender to Jesus? This is heavy, virgin. I don't know. I'm, I'm telling you. Look at the, verse 6. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. Could you imagine? You want to destroy Jesus because of the miracle? Is that human or is it a spiritual warfare we're in? That you see the thing before your eyes, the miracle of Jesus, and they still want to kill him. What do you think is going to happen today when you carry the gospel message? What do you think is going to happen when they hear the testimonies about but to Christ that sounds unreal? When you listen to some of the testimonies that we experience, it's only in the Bible days. What do you think they're going to say about it? The general public is going to say, nothing, don't go like this. They're afraid. You don't want to associate yourself with Jesus, these Pharisees. They went out to plan a scheme against him instead of joining Jesus. you just seen the miracle. Is this happening today? Where people are talking about God's people and putting down elders, putting down pastors, putting down the church? A lot of different ministries are putting the church down, the Adventist church and saying all evil about the church. How can you do that and go against God's church in the last days? The wheat and the tear is gonna grow. You will not hear to Christ talk anything bad about Adventists, because we are Adventists. You'll not hear us talk bad about the church. No! Anything I say is that we need strength and we don't know anything about spiritual warfare, and it's a fact. It's not going to be anything to say we are this, we are that, and slice the church. No. The the Pharisees was here, Jesus was there, and they didn't get it. What is showing them? That Satan has his people everywhere. And if we are not careful, and if we have open doors, the devil will come in and come within our eyes and show us different things that when they see Jesus, they couldn't get spiritual message. No wonder Jesus came and he gave a lot of parables, because we can't get it. They were spiritually blind and dead. And the Lord is saying the same thing is going to happen. Even though you know it, they knew he was coming. They said to him, in verse 2, it's powerful, they watched him to see if he was going to heal the man. They believe he's a healer. They have more belief than even some of us today. The Pharisees believe. But when they see the miracle, they have a plan in their head. How are we going to nail it? A different motive. The devil now moves saying like Judas. Judas was around the table with Christ. Why didn't Judas save? It was an open door. And when the devil comes in, He's going to drive the car. You have no more control. And God is warning us that if we wait till the last minute and don't repent now, we're not going to see the thing for what it is. We're going to see Jesus and calling Beelzebub. We're not going to comprehend it. We're going to see button to Christ working and healing and reaching souls and sending people with Bible study to win souls for Christ, and we're going to say they're working for the devil. Because we are Pharisees. We are seeing different. We're seeing doubles. Virgin, I'm appealing to, to you tonight, Virgin, as we close that this is high-level scripture the Lord showed me, high-level. That we're going to be right in the mix in the last days, and we're going to see doubles. you know why? Because the heart is corrupt. There's jealousy in the heart. There's Jezebel spirit in the heart am Salaam, spirit is in the heart. The heart is so corrupt that we can't see the true things. God is asking it tonight. We need a heart. We have heart problems. We need to be restored. We need to pull like what David says. David recognized, you know, that his heart was wicked. And David says, Create in me, O God, a clean heart. Renew a right spirit. David was saying, listen, put me under the needle. Put me to sleep and give me a new heart. Lord, Lord," he said, purge me with hyssop. He said, like, wash me with surcy. Give me some surcy. Cleanse me, Lord, so that I may be clean. He said, wash me so that I may be whiter than snow. David understood that is a heart problem. David said, listen, Lord, if it was sacrifice you asked for, how would I do it? But you don't ask for sacrifice. All you ask for is a contrite heart. It's a heart problem. God recognized that we have a heart issue, brethren. I don't know where you're calling from tonight. I don't know if it's the first time you're on the prayer line. But I'm alerting you that we have a heart problem. And when the enemy comes in to the Pharisees, We're going to see things differently. If you wait until that time, it's going to be too late. Our probation is going to be closed. Jesus came in the church to heal the man because they weren't doing their job. The man was sick in the church with a withered hand needs to be delivered while they play church and talk only about culture and tradition, just the Sabbath. If we only keep the Sabbath and we have no love, we ain't going to be saved. Who is fooling? We need to keep the Sabbath, but we need to keep the other commandments. We need to love our neighbors. Jesus came to demonstrate the love there, that on the Sabbath we can do good. We can heal the sick. We can visit people and pray for them on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is not only about sleeping and eating food. No. Jesus Christ came and entered a synagogue. It did not say he went on the street. He went in the church. Somebody had a problem in the church who needs need to be met. And the church was sleeping and did not recognize that there is a bomb in Gilead, that there's healing still in the power of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ had to come and demonstrate that the power is here. And when he came, and heal the man, they still want to kill him. Lord of mercy. We have a spiritual problem, Virgin. We have a problem. We are the same. We look for a reason to criticize what others does in the church. And we don't get the spiritual picture. I pray tonight that God's people will get the spiritual application. That it's a spiritual matter. It's a heart problem. And if we don't get healing for the heart, We're gonna end up the same way. With Christ gonna come and we're gonna look for a reason to destroy him. You're gonna look for a reason to destroy the Christ in that little girl, in that little boy, in that elder, in that pastor. You're gonna look for the for, for the reason to destroy that leader because the Christ is not in you. I pray tonight that Christ will fill us. And our spiritual eyes will pop open so that we can see and know who we are in Christ. I pray that we will be drawn to him. Because when Jesus saw all these things happen, he withdrew himself. It's another miracle in verse 7 going on. He withdrew himself. He disappeared on them. Hello? He did a disappearing act. He drew himself and his disciples. They couldn't touch him. Mercy. That's the Christ we serve. He's still doing miracles. He still loves your virgin. And if you only open up to Him, He will deliver you. May God bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. In Jesus' name, as we now have the prayer request. In Jesus' name.